Are you ready for full-time RV living? This is the RV Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Hunt, along with my incredible wife, Patty Hunt. And guess what? We were ready to get going on that full-time. We sold it all, and we started our full-time RV life, and that's what today's show is all about. We have been over two years full-time on the road, and I will say over that two years, there's been some good, some not so good, and some really expensive things. Today's show, not only will we talk about our story to go full-time, but give you some tips and tricks that we've learned along the way. Now, Patty's in Virginia right now for this show. And then for those of you who are listening to this out of a weekly turn, uh, Patty's mom uh, had a problem, had to go to the hospital a few weeks back. And so Patty and I decided it would be best for her to go up to Virginia and help her mom as she got back home uh, to get back into the swing of things. And Dan is now in South Carolina. I left the RV and Dan in Florida, and he's been working his way up and will join me in Virginia in just a couple more weeks. Yeah, we don't want to get we, we don't want to get up there too early, right? <laughs> right. It's it's still a little too cold for the RV. Uh, maybe still a little too cold for you, Dan. Um, but that's you know having family illness. That's certainly one of the downsides of the RV life. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to expect the unexpected as part of this life. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. That sound means it's time for today's fun fact. Today's fun fact. Does anybody know how many full-time RVers there are as of 2022? I do. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, the answer to that question has been the same answer for about the last 10, 12 months. So I'm, I think this number is growing. But when you look at the RV Trade Association, they tell us that there's just over 1 million, 1 million people out there that are full time living on the road. And I have to tell you, my un scientific fact on that is I think there's a whole heck of a lot more because everywhere we go, it seems like there's two or three or four people around us that are also full timers. And there's, I think just as many being the one that manages social media and being on it a lot. I see so many people thinking about full time are being and what's entailed and people that have questions and that's what prompted us to do this podcast today. And and yeah, really, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about our decision and some of the goods and the bads and the uglies of our decision to go full time. And hopefully that will help those of you that are thinking about going full time. It'll give you some ideas or things to think about. And hopefully some of the other people that are out there that are full time can check into our social media and say, well, you forgot this or what about this? Or, you know, I don't agree with you on this. Whatever it is, we'd love for you to check in on our social media. And Patty will get back to each and every person that leaves a message on our social media. And that is at the RV podcast on Facebook. Instagram, and we have a, a a regular Facebook page out there as well. And just to be clear, there's no dot. It's RV podcast. Oh, that's right. RV podcast. Yeah. Yes. Yes. On either of those. Uh, definitely reach out and let us know your thoughts. And 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 we're looking forward to that. I'm really kind of looking forward to this show today um, because it it's probably one of the top four or five questions that we always get asked, you know, what, why did you start? How did you start? I've been full-time for 10 years or three years or four years or seven years. It, it's really part of that, that conversation that we get every single time. And that's what we're going to talk about. But first 
We're going to hear from our sponsors. Protecting your RV investment means being ready for anything. An extended RV warranty from Wholesale Warranties is the best way to make sure that if an RV failure happens, you can afford to get back to enjoying the RV life as soon as possible. RV warranties are available for motorhomes, fifth wheels, and travel trailers, new and used, across the U.S. Visit WholesaleWarranties.com for a free personalized RV warranty quote today and hit the road with peace of mind tomorrow. Why end your camping season when it gets cold? With the inflatable RV skirting system from Air Skirts, you could extend your camping season year-round. Reach out to Jim and his team by visiting airskirts.com for more information. RV Life Podcast listeners get $100 off a kit order when you use code RVPOD. That is RVPOD for $100 off. After almost a year of stay-at-home orders, our business, well, it wasn't doing so well. And with no end in sight of those stay-at-home orders, we decided to live one of my life's dreams, buy an RV, sell everything that we own, and live where the wind takes us next. And today, we are going to share our story of how that all transpires and hope that it helps you, our listeners, to kind of know what to think about, what to look for. You, We're going to share the things we wish we had known before we started out. So, you know, I think the best place to start is probably at the beginning. And let me just set the stage before you uh, jump in here. I mean, the beginning for us was about 10 months into COVID. We were under these incredible stay at home orders. We really, we were living in Las Vegas at the time. And uh, I, I just remember one day going into a Costco and believe it or not, the shelves were pretty much empty. And uh, I, I knew that things were not going to get back to normal anytime soon. That is what prompted Dan. We were sitting around trying to figure out what we were going to do to make money because we were in the entertainment industry. We were speakers. We had gone all over the world speaking. And here we are shut down. So money for bills were going out, but not much was coming in. Probably nothing was coming in. And it was probably 10 months, I want to say, into these stay-at-home orders because of COVID. And Dan called me up to his office and yeah, let's take it from there. (laughs) You you know, it it was one of those days that, that I had a meeting and, you know, we were talking about in the entertainment industry, how it probably was going to be at least a year before they let people back into theaters. And we were really not shooting any of the stuff that we were shooting. Uh, Patty and I, uh, I, I'm going to say a good portion of our income came from public speaking. So those kind of events just weren't going to happen anymore. So I, 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 I had a, a epiphany <laughs> and I called Patty up into my office and, and, and I sat her down and she was a little bit nervous, I think, cause she didn't know what was coming. Um, and, and I said to her, I said, you know what, Patty, I, I, I have a great idea. I I really have a great idea. We're in this situation. We told you about the COVID. So we're in this whole COVID situation. I, I, I think that it's kind of a now or never for us. I think that maybe it is time to sell the house and sell all of this stuff and buy an RV and, and go see every national park. And now I'm sitting there in his office because I was a little nervous coming up when he said, come up, I have an idea. Because Dan had many really crazy ideas. So when he said this, I literally started laughing. And when I looked up, I could see he was serious. So I was kind of taken back. And there were so many things that went through my head, so many thoughts. And it took a little while to process. I couldn't even imagine. Now, I've never lived in an RV. I've traveled a little bit in one for a couple days at a time. So camping and that kind of thing was not something I was familiar with. So I guess over the next several weeks, there were a lot of 
questions. And I think the first one of the first questions was, why? Why would we do this? Why would we go visit every national park? Um, and I think that the turning point for me was realizing that sitting in the house um, because things were shut down, I was not feeling very productive in any way, shape, or form. And and one of our goals and why Dan and I spoke around the world was because we wanted to inspire people. We got to the point where we believed you have to live life fully. So I think that was the turning point for me. And that's where I said, okay, so how can we take our passion to inspire people and our mission to live life fully every day and go into an RV? You know, let, let me set the, the stage a little bit too. Um, this didn't just come out of thin air. You, you know, I, we would be going by wherever, even back when we lived in Pennsylvania. I remember a day we were in Westchester and we were just driving by and I said, you know what, let's, there, there's an RV dealer right there. Let's, let's go in and, and see what they have on the lot. So this has been something that has brewing with me. Uh, for for many many years, I, you you know I I just always liked that type of a lifestyle. Now for Patty camping, well, you know, a Holiday Inn Express might be you know her idea of camping before that stage. Um, but I I do have to tell you, she she jumped right into it. Now what we're gonna do and what we decided to do is kind of break down the full-time RV lifestyle into areas, into like sections. And, and we're going to talk about each section um, and, and things that you should be thinking about if you're thinking about going RVing full-time or if you're already RVing full-time, you might want to think about some of the things that we're talking about here as well. So Patty, what's the, the first right. section we're going to bring up? Well, and again, this was my first question because here we were and our business wasn't going well. And it was, you get on, on the road, how are you going to make money? How are we going to pay the bills? There's a lot of debate as to whether living in an RV is less expensive than living in a home. Probably a big conversation. I'd love for people to share on social media how they feel about that. And I'm going to say it just depends on the kind of home you lived in and the kind of RV you're going to live in. But my question was, how are we going to make money and afford this? And for us, we had already started kind of going out and exploring areas. And we decided to start a YouTube channel just to see how it would go. Now, I think this was a very natural easier, I'm going to say easier, not easy process, because Dan has been in the entertainment industry his entire life. So creating video, editing, all of that stuff, being on camera is second nature. So I think that made it easier. And that is probably one of the big things I would suggest that people talk about is what are we going to do on the road, right? Yeah, you know, in 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 our case too, um, and, and I think it might be part of the the process that sealed the deal for you, is once I gave you this idea and said, well, we're going to start a YouTube channel. Um, we took some of our cameras and we would go out and and shoot little videos, like like little YouTube videos, um, and and just kind of test the process. Uh, a lot of those videos we never put up. Uh, we we just kind of did them for ourselves. And one day we were coming back to our house and because of COVID, uh, we had some friends that had lost their house and, and stuff like that. So they were, uh, some friends were living with us and, and there were some people at the house that particular day um, that we were coming back and we're carrying tripods and lighting equipment and sound equipment. And uh, the one gentleman that was there said, Hey, what what, what are you guys doing? And we told him the story and we showed him, you know, the little piece unedited, by the way, that, that we had done that day. And he's like, this is really good. We'd like this. Well, it turns out that guy worked for the local CW station um, and passed our name and stuff along. And next thing you know, we're, we're talking to uh, the local CW station about doing a four episode miniseries on 
things that you can do in Las Vegas uh, during COVID. Yes, and that's kind of what launched it because that was also, you know, I, I could see now more of the vision. And for us, it really was about people being able to get out and there still be things to do. And I got to say, for me, going out and doing the things that we did while we were in Las Vegas. And yes, we did some of the typical stuff, but we also um, did some things that I had never done. And I think that for me is what showed me that there was so much more to do. It was just this excitement. And we and I really liked the fact that we were showing these things to other people. So I guess the point here is to think about what you would do if you're going to be on the road. You have a job that's remote. We get people all the time asking us, oh, we want to start a YouTube channel. We want to start a podcast. And I'll say the caution here is it's not an overnight thing. You hear people sometimes that'll say in six months, my YouTube channel blew up and I'm making all this money. I will say that probably rarely, rarely happens. And my caution would be not to plan on that. So we create a YouTube video every week and edits it. He does that all on his own. I do none of the editing. It is a lot of time and work. So whatever you think you want to do when you get on the road, think about all of those things that, you know, will come with it. Don't just look at social media and makes it look like, oh, it's easy to have a YouTube channel, make lots of money. And I'm going to say it's not. So yeah, it, it's definitely something to think about. It, it, it's a lot of work. But, you know, Patty, uh, over the last two years, we have met not one, two, three, lots and lots and lots of people that have maybe because of COVID converted their lifestyle because they can work on the road. They mostly have phone jobs or sales jobs where they're calling people. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, the wife of the chef that we had on the show just a few weeks back, she's a therapist and, and she actually, he, he built the back part of their camper. So she has a private office back there. And she does her sessions and she actually transitioned from a regular job to a more, you know, a regular therapist job to a more during COVID where it was more of a um, over the Internet type thing. And then she figured, well, uh, if I'm doing it over the Internet, I can do that from anywhere. And so, right. you know, their only requirement is that they get. But it's not just that. Remember, we we, we met that engineer who, um, you know, he worked out of the back of his RV. Uh, the gentleman I was speaking right. to this afternoon was is a sales rep, and he does all his sales calls from the RV. And sometimes he has to go out and, and go away. And then, you know, Robin's husband is a, a pilot for Amerigir Airlines. So, you know, they go to a, a a campground somewhere and then he gets on a plane and he's gone for three days and then he's back for the next three days and with everybody. So I think you really have to ask yourself that question. Can you make money from the road? Can you can you transfer your job into a road type job? Right. And again, a lot of what I see on social media are people asking, what do I do to make money on the road? And um, it just seems to me like it's something you want to think about before you get started. And I'll be totally honest and transparent. I don't think Dan and I thought enough about how we were going to make money on the road, especially in the beginning. So you see that a lot. My suggestion, if you're looking for jobs on the road, there's a lot of groups you can be part of. We love IRB2, which is a forum that you can be part of and ask questions and People are in there interacting because it is very important to kind of have that down before you get started, is my thought. Yeah, really, you you want to reach out and find communities that you kind of resonate with. And we're going to talk a lot about communities in the third segment today. But but you, you really want to find a group of people that you resonate with um, and sometimes that have your your own uh, situation like we're, we're 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 members of the Monaco Owners Group because we own a Monaco, and I can't tell you how much information and how many situations that we were in. We didn't know how to fix it, and guess what? The the, the answer was right in front of us. Right, 
Right. And I talk to a lot of people on social media, on Facebook or on Instagram, because I'd love to be able to be able to offer any help and support that I could offer. You know, we're only two years in, but I feel like we've learned a lot that could, you know, help the next person. So I hang out on social media when I can and, and try and answer people. You're, also, you're, you're an a old, way to find out. You're an old timer. Yeah. Over I know you don't like that, that term, but yeah, you're an old timer. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's over two years. So yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but yeah. there are some other things that I think we need to think about, right? Like banking. I mean, there was some stuff that was tough to navigate. I'm going to say it's, it was a challenge. Let's say that. So banking and mail and addresses, let's break those down one at a time. How about it? Where do you right. suggest people start with well, that? Well, I, I think you got to start with your permanent address and domicile, but, but let me, you know, you, you said banking. Um, this is something that I personally didn't expect or didn't even think about. And, and banking is really hard. We were with a major bank. Okay. So they call it a regional bank, but pretty much this bank is everywhere that you would ever go. And when they found out that we no longer had a home, we no longer had a house uh, and that we were living full time on the road. Guess what? They dropped us just like that. We got a letter and said, uh, we've reviewed your account and we've decided that we no longer want to do business with you. Um, so that, that was, that was really hard and it, it came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it really came out of nowhere. So I, that was really, really hard. I really do want to be honest about it. Not that we weren't trying to, again, we just didn't think about it. So some people would say, oh, I'm just not going to tell people I'm full time on the road. It really can, you know, backfire on you. So it is best to be honest. You know, some banks will accept it. Some won't. So that's my suggestion is just be honest. We did find a bank that was fine with us being on the road. And, you know, we've learned sort of the hard way how to how to make it work. And I think uh, we've got that down now. We've got our banking down now, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm real happy with it. The, and it really is two banks. We have a personal bank and then we have a business bank. And, and we're, we're real happy with with both of them. Um, but again, in, in this area, you know, we kind of talked about banking out of order. It, it's really about domicile and or permanent address. Um, so there's there's two ways that you can go about this to go full time. Some people keep their house and they have their house and it's their permanent address and they keep going back. And if that's your case, that's absolutely fine. It could be a little expensive sometime, but that's absolutely fine. Or you can do what we did and sell it all and throw caution to the wind. And then you have to domicile someplace. Well, we were domiciled in Nevada. And that was great until last year when we got a notice at the end of the year that said, uh, as of December 31st, you must have a house or a home that you're renting or that you've bought, but you must have sticks and bricks to call it nothing less um, to have a driver's license in the state of Nevada. So that was kind of a scramble. And we, we looked at all of the options. Uh, we decided on Florida, just so people know through the escapees RV club. Uh, but Patty, why, 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 well, talk about that process. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to talk about that for a second. So when we looked at states that would be a good idea and how to go about all of this, Escapees is a club. So for those of you who are new, it is called Escapees. I'll put it in the show notes. And it is a club. And you could join for, I want to say, somewhere around $50 a year. And they offer a lot of different services. Depending on the service that you need, you pay for. It's a great club. They have events around the country. It's a great group of people. You could um, look more at that. I'll put the website in the description in the show notes, but it was a great way to do it because they handle domicile in Florida. And we decided for us, Florida was the best place to get our, um, get our address, our permanent address. And now, you, you know, there, there's only a few States nowadays. It's, it's Florida and Texas and one, one of the Carolinas and one of the Carolina thing that, uh, not the Carolinas, the, one of the Dakotas, 
Uh, and that might, yeah. that might be going away soon because uh, legislation was just introduced to make people have a permanent domicile there. Um, so that that's that's a, a very difficult thing. Now, mail in this area is the last thing I want to talk about. We've been with two different mail services. Uh, uh, Patty, how, how do you feel about them? Um, you know what? I, I'm going to say when we first started out, we talked about how we were going to get our mail. I was a little nervous about the whole thing. It's something that you're used to. You get mail at the house, mostly junk mail. You get things that come through email now instead of, you know, getting paper. Um, so I would say try to get everything electronic that you can before you ever attempt this. It was definitely a, an adjustment for me. But I will say it's been great. I can only think over the last couple of years of a couple of times that something was an issue. So just to explain how the mail works, we have a mail address. So all of our letters, whatever, packages, whatever gets sent to a location. And then what they do is scan it and they'll send us a picture of what was scanned. And they'll ask if we want it opened, if we want it mailed to us, if it's a check, they some mail services can deposit a check for you. So they have all kinds of services. You pay a flat fee every month and then you pay for extra, let's say, if you want to check deposited. Just to give you an idea of how that works. Well, once we got into it and we, you know, kind of let people know this is how we need to receive mail. And again, most of it being electronic, it really is not a big deal. The one thing that I guess is a little more difficult is sometimes, and that's probably a conversation, different kind of conversation, but getting packages. So if you need like supplements that Dan and I take, those kinds of things, that could be a little more complicated. But the mouse services, I think the mouse service through escapees has been really great for us because we just don't get that much mail. Yeah, we, re we really don't. But you, you have to have that mailing address. And, you know, every time you yeah. use your credit card, you need to put the zip code in. So you, it has to go to someplace. So, you, you know, I, right. I, I think right. the one thing with mail that you really, really need to when you're looking at a mail service, they need to have scanning capabilities because that has really saved us a few times that they were able to scan what we were looking at. And then we could just see it from wherever we are and they can just throw it away after I have the PDF copy of it. Um, so it, it, it has just been wonderful. We've got a lot more to talk about the unexpected downsizings and things we didn't think about. And we'll get to all of that right after this. When traveling in your RV, how do you navigate? Do you use a paper map, a GPS, or do you use Google Maps? Our sponsor, RV Trip Wizard, has the solution, and it just works. It just works. We love RV Trip Wizard. Uh, we don't move one inch without RV Trip Wizard. There's a 25% discount for RV Trip Wizard, a seven-day, seven seven-free day, seven-day free trial as well. And uh, all you have to do is use the link that's in the show notes below or on any of our social media. So Patty, unexpected. How'd you feel that day when it was like three o'clock in the morning and the refrigerator started going beep, beep, beep? Well, first of all, living in an RV, there are a lot of sounds, a lot of noises, a lot of lights. I wasn't even sure what it was. Um, but yes, it was the refrigerator beeping and it was an ungodly time. I don't know why these things always happen at the worst possible times. Um, and usually you could just close it and it would stop or reset it or whatever it was. Well, this time it did not stop. And certainly that is one of the ups and downs of living in an RV. But, you know, like we always say, it's sort of the same as living in a house. Stuff goes wrong. And uh, yeah, the uh, refrigerator was not good. Let's just say it wasn't good yeah it, it really it, it it really wasn't good but one of the things that you said that really hit me when we were sitting here and we tried to put a new card in we tried to fix it and no, nothing was working and and you looked up at me and you said it's 20 years old <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, yes. you, you, you were it, like i can't believe the refrigerator 
these things don't last that long. And I said, okay, it's 20 years old. And and that's something I think people have to think about. We did buy a 20-year-old unit that we knew was well cared for. Um, but, you know, when you buy something that's 20 years old, there's stuff that's going to go wrong. And again, planning for, sort of planning for the unexpected if that's possible. And, and you know, when you put, we, we, we chose, by the way, to put a residential refrigerator in. And it was interesting taking the old refrigerator out. We got a Sawzall and we cut it up so we didn't have to take the windows Wait, out. Interesting. Of the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, was, it was far from interesting. <laughs> Let me just chime in on that again. But we, you know, we, we got it and we got the refrigerator in there. And uh, then we realized that the old uh, lead acid batteries that we had and and we had four of them um when we were not plugged in they lasted about ooh, 15 minutes or so so we realized <laughs> that the, the the batteries had to be replaced and when you replace the batteries well guess what we, we decided to go to a lithium battery so we went to lithium batteries and then our charger converter well it didn't work either. <laughs> so we had to get a new one of those. And when you're putting a new charger converter in and you're putting lithium batteries and you may as well put solar on the roof. So so we had to upgrade the whole thing. And the whole thing was three, four thousand dollars. But you know what? Uh, I, I got to say it, it's it's really worth it. Right. And I guess the point here, because that sounds really daunting and like a lot. We chose to do those things. We could have replaced the refrigerator for another RV refrigerator. I wanted something bigger. I wanted to be able to keep a bag of ice in there. I know that's silly, but ice was something I missed. So hard hard ice cream. How about that? Do, <laughs> I, yeah, real ice cream. That's a big one, too. Yeah. It's, again, it's something for people thinking about going RVing. We're not trying to scare people away because, you know, near the end of this, we're going to talk about our regrets, um, you know, so I don't want to scare people away, but there are things that are going to need to be fixed. And some people would say, well, you bought a 20 year old RV. So of course you have to expect that, but there's some newer RVs that have issues too. And, you know, there've been times that uh, I honestly just want to throw my hands up and say, I don't want to do this anymore because, you know, it's not just the refrigerator, but then it's the battery and it's the, the inverter and the charger and the this and the that. And, you know, it's just there are some times where it feels a little overwhelming. But I will say that even with those things, the, the fun and enjoyment certainly outweighs it, I think. Uh -oh. And I think it's the big thing. I, I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Now, this area, we're talking about the unexpected. And, you know, Patty, you and I are living through an unexpected situation right now. And and that's an illness. Your mother right. had to go to the hospital right. earlier right. in our our life cycle as RVers. Uh, I ended up in the hospital for, I, I don't know, about 15, 16 days, something like that. So expecting the unexpected or that kind of thing and kind of being able to work through it. Um, and, and it's not easy sometimes because, you know, we no longer have a house to go back to. We, we, we have all this stuff going on. So let's talk about our current situation right now uh, and, and how we're working through that. Right. So again, in January, my mother is up there in age and, you know, like everybody, sometimes you, you, you know, it's basically coming to the end of life. And in January we were, actually at an event 200 miles away from an airport, unfortunately. And I got a call that my mother was rushed to the hospital. And so, you know, there's, there's a panic there. There is absolutely a little bit of a panic and what do I do and how do we do it? And luckily Dan and I have worked through some pretty stressful things and we have some pretty good planning in place and communication in place. So we kind of, know how to work through those stressful situations um, and in that case we drove the RV 200 miles we had a place to park it we got quickly at the last minute and I got on a plane and I flew out and I've been back and forth to Virginia Philadelphia uh, twice now in the last three months and so I'm very thankful I have a place to stay here with my mom um, but yeah, they, these were the 
the tougher situations. And I got to say that I think being here and being away from the RV for a good three plus weeks now, it makes me appreciate how much I enjoy traveling and being in the RV and the things that we get to do. And, you know, when I say things we get to do, sometimes just sitting, you know, in our chair, looking at the stars or watching the sunset, that kind of thing. Um, it, it does make you appreciate it and I do miss it. So, you know, I guess it, it's, it's a little over two years now. I guess I'll sign up for another year of this. <laughs> Because that's where I'm at. You, you know, and I feel the same way. I, I, I just love being out on the road. I love what we do. I love how we do it. I love the people that we meet. But, you know, one of the things I want to point in while we're talking about this unexpected, uh, when I got sick and I got rushed to the hospital and they kicked you out of the hospital because it was still during a COVID time. So the COVID protocol wouldn't let anybody in the hospital at that time. Unexpected things happen. So, you know, we had pulled into the Las Vegas uh, Thousand Trails Park and I said, yeah, I don't feel good. And we didn't even set up. I just went back and laid down. Next thing you know, there's, you know, an ambulance guy pulling me out of the the RV. Um, But but, you know, there I am. And here's Patty. She's got to set up the whole thing all by herself. And then, you know, one day in two days in the ice maker water line broke <laughs> of all things, the, the ice maker water line broke and it's leaking water all over the place. But that I think is part of where community comes in because Absolutely. I, well, why don't you tell people what you did to, to take care of that situation? Well, so it, it is where community comes in. I, we were, a bunch of us were standing outside. This was a couple of days after you had, or the next day, whatever it was. And I asked, there was a, a guy that drove around that worked in the park. And I asked if he knew somebody that can, you know, fix it. And he said, well, I'll get my tools. And he came over and fixed it. And I said, can I pay you? And he said, no, it's fine. I'm happy to help. That is what this life is about. People talk about our being and it being lonely and isolating. Yes, if you create that, it could be, you know, you could be all by yourself. I've seen people who pull in in their RV and stay in their RV and don't talk to anybody. Dan and I have found just the opposite. We've met so many incredible people that we continue to meet, you know, across the country and we stay in touch with those people. I think we have a lot of great community around us. The other thing is, is being in an RV and unexpected events happening, you just have to plan differently. It's just like when you're in your house, what do you do if somebody has to go to the hospital and you have little kids? You sort it in the back of your mind, or you should have a little bit of a plan. Not to worry about every possible event, but just to, to have some thoughts on what and how you would handle certain things. And I think it's the same thing for being in an RV. It, it, it really is. Okay. So let's move on to one of my pet peeves um, and it's downsizing. You know, we're going to talk about quite a few things here, but I, I want to start out by saying, you know, when we moved from Philadelphia to Las Vegas and we were, this is sticks and bricks to sticks and bricks. Uh, we got a storage unit and we ship a whole bunch of stuff back. I mean, it, it literally cost thousands of dollars to ship what we shipped from Philadelphia to Las Vegas. Um, and at the time, we were only going to stay in Las Vegas for six months. Uh, but it, it, I, I actually did a video on when I was unpacking the boxes and, and I put it on my personal social media. I think I'll go try to find that and I'll put it on our social media right now because it really it, it's kind of funny, but it also makes you think about, you know, packing a stapler. It, it probably cost me $15 in weight to bring that stapler and three hole punch across the country. I, I could have bought new ones. It really was embarrassing is the word you're looking for. It was kind of embarrassing, the stuff that we shipped from the East coast all the way to the West coast. And, and then we yeah. did it again, you know, when, when we, um, decided to go full-time RVing. We got the RV, we had it out front. How can I say everything just didn't fit the first time? <laughs> we, we had to go to a second cut. <laughs> For sure. And probably a third and fourth cut. That's a big thing that people ask. Do I get a storage unit? What should I take? What do I really need? 
And I will tell you, for me, it's an emotional connection to things that you have. So, you know, would we get a storage unit again? Is a storage unit necessary? That's one of the big questions we get asked all the time. And I don't know. I don't think for me personally, moving out of the house and into the RV, I could have gotten rid of everything and not had a storage unit. Now, what I am upset about is that I spent so we spent over a year, 18 months paying over $100 for that storage unit. So I wish I hadn't done that, but I feel like I needed that security of putting things into a storage unit or taking time to figure out what I was going to do with things. So that's just my kind of personal thing. Two years in now, we have long cleared out the storage unit and not paying that money anymore. Um, I, I realize now how little material objects are. How, how I just don't care about those things anymore. You know, there's so many things that we gave up that I just don't miss at all. Right. And, and actually, that, that is our question of the week this week. So I'm going to tell you my thoughts on a storage unit when we get to the question of the week. Um, but one of the, the hard decisions that I had and I, I, I faced it, you faced it, and I think everybody that is sitting in an RV right now has faced it. It's like, what do you keep and what do you get rid of? Because it's really, really hard to let stuff go. Mm -hmm. It is. And for us, we kind of had a lot of stuff packed in the RV and then we went and stayed 15 miles away from our home so we could organize. We stayed there for, what, 30 days. That was as long as we could stay there. So we could organize things and get rid of things and question things. I, I'm telling you, it, really is a process it's an emotional thing it's a there's a lot to it so we about a month we got rid of things then we did it again a couple months later i got rid of more i'm still it's two years later and i'm still getting rid of things that it's that we just don't use we don't yeah. need we don't care about but i will also say we got rid of stuff that we were like oh man we need that so you go buy it again Right. There wasn't anything, I think, super expensive that we got rid of. So there were some things we did have to go buy again, mostly like tools type stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had to rebuy a few tools. But, you know, to sum up the downsizing area, um, we've run into people that have said they've been downsizing for a year. I, I think, Patty, when, when when we talk about our downsizing, um, we, we might have spent four or five days total. Uh, downsizing and then maybe another four or five days when we moved from Philadelphia to Las Vegas. But it, it, it really wasn't that much time. Uh, it, it's one of those things where you just have to make up your mind. It's about mindset here. Make up your mind that I live in a 3000 square foot house or whatever you live in and you're moving into at maximum a 500 square foot RV. It all can't go with you. It just can't happen. <laughs> okay. So the final topic we're going to talk about, well, actually we have a couple more here. We're kind of running a little long, but um, things we didn't think about. And um, I, 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 I think we, I never really thought twice about living in a small space, but it has really changed uh, our relationship. I, I think it's actually made it better, but, but it actually took work and conversation. Absolutely. And I will say some help from our life coach. I'm just going to share that as well. It, she sat with us a couple of times and helped us through some of it because we were living in a 3,000 plus square foot house and we had our separate offices and, you know, we had our friends. We usually did most of this stuff together, but at least we had space. And now here we are in this tight space. And I think what I see on social media, people looking at people who are RVing and how they're out and they're hiking and they're in the water, they're camp, you know, like doing all these cool things. But what they're not showing is the two days that it rains and you're inside together or the fact that Dan and I work together in a small space. 
So this vision sometimes of what it might be is different than what it is. And I think for us, it was a big change. I think it's brought us closer together without a doubt. It has. And it's been a process. And number one is real communication. That's the number one suggestion I have for people. You know, that that is probably the key, the number one pro tip, but but the, the secret pro tip is um, don't be afraid, each of you in the relationship, each of you, don't be afraid of taking your personal time because having that personal time, whatever it is, you write in, you know, Patty writes in a, a diary. Um, I meditate or I go out on some long bike rides, things like that. But that personal time, that interpersonal time is really, really important for everybody, but way more important when you live in 500 square feet or less. Now, we've had the last three weeks of a lot of personal time, so there's too much sometimes. This has been this has been a challenge in itself. But just find what works for you. Talk about it. Think about that. Think about what it's going to be like to be in that tight space and kind of talk it through, you know, and that's one of the things that may help you decide if this lifestyle is the right lifestyle for you. And uh, finally, in this things we didn't think about section, the, the the one thing that has become a part of our life that I, I, I'll be honest, when we first started, it didn't cross my mind that the price of gas and diesel would double in pr- double or sometimes in California, it even tripled in price. So I, I went back to RV Trip Wizard, and it keeps a log of everything that you were doing. And I can tell you, when we started, diesel was was one seventy nine, one eighty nine, one ninety nine, two hundred two, something like that. And, and you know, now it's 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 in the fives. So it, it was um, that was something that hit us fairly hard. Um, but we, we, we have adjusted to it and it, it, it is what it is. It's something that we don't really have a lot of control over. So that, that's something that I don't think either one of us really thought about at all when we got started, that, that gas would double in price, you know, effectively doubling your, your cost for, for whatever you do or what you're going to do. And finally, to, to end up this segment, Patty, I think you should take this one. Our regrets. Do What, what are our regrets? So, yeah, regrets after two years. What kind of regrets? And I'm going to say, even with everything we just talked about, that the only regret that I have is that we didn't do this sooner. I just feel like the life we're living, again, it's not all of what you see on social media. But on the other side of it, Dan and I have gotten to do more in the last two years than in my whole life. Um, And again, sometimes it's just sitting and appreciating the sunset. I personally love to watch sunsets. I especially love watching them over the water, over a mountain. Um, I'm not so big on the sunrises because I don't like to get up early. But I, I just think there's so much we've learned to enjoy and appreciate that I did not think about or see two years ago. So that would be the only regret is that we didn't do it sooner. You know, I'm going to I'm going to echo that. Why didn't we do it sooner? RV life full time is absolutely incredible. Now we have a lot more to come on the RV Life podcast right after this. The most important part of your RV is the roof. If your roof leaks, your trip and your RV get ruined. You can take it to a dealership or service center to be maintained at their expensive rates or you can maintain it yourself over a weekend for a fraction of the cost. Liquid Rubber RV roof products will keep you dry and leak free. Visit shopliquidrubber.com slash RV Life. Use coupon code RVLIFEPOD15 off to save 15%. That's shopliquidrubber.com slash RV life. National Indoor RV Centers with over 1,000 motorhomes available across multiple locations. National Indoor RV Centers continues to provide an outstanding hassle-free motorhome ownership experience. National Indoor is the number one Newmar dealer in the nation and also features brands like Integra, Winnebago, and much more. 
visit nirvc.com and become a part of the National Indoor RV Center's family. Thank you for listening to the RV Life Podcast. I'm Dan Hunt with my incredible wife, Patty Hunt. We got a lot more to come, but we just wanted to take a second and thank you for being a part of our community. Um, You know, when we talk about uh, National Indoor, they talk about uh, family, being a part of their family. And we have been to several events that... The AIM group, which is part of the national indoor process, um, has done and the rallies. And I, I got to tell you, it, it, it's just a different way of life with these people. It really is. And that's, you know, that's what we're talking about, about building community and being part of something. National indoor, the people that we have met are like family. That is the best way to say it. And then the AIM events that they put on, and I'll put the information for it in the show notes, but they really are an amazing group of people. Yeah, they they really, really are. And, and I hope that, you know, we did this show today, and I know it's back-to-back solo shows that we did, and that's not part of our format. We had some meetings the, over the last two months, and we, we kind of refined our focus for 23. And one of those focuses really building an RV life podcast community. And we have a lot of cool stuff that we're working on and are going to be introducing in the months to come. But, but I think it's really important to build that community or for people to have a community to turn to. And we're, we're talking about doing things like, you know, one of my favorite things that you're talking about doing Patty is, is like sponsoring uh, campfires, like old fashioned campfires where we have some s'mores out there and maybe some hot chocolate and uh, we tell stories. And if somebody's got a guitar, maybe maybe sing a song or two. Those are some of the best times we've had over the last couple of years. We have groups of friends that we've sat around, like you said, a campfire and just talk till all hours of the night, uh, had food and, you know, made dinners together. That is really some of the best times we've had. And we want to be able to create some of those events as we travel through the, you know, we're actually going to stay on the East Coast for the summer, this summer, but definitely creating a community of people, bringing people together, sharing stories, sharing ideas, helping each other when something's wrong with the RV, people coming together and and helping each other. It's really what it's all about. Yeah, I like to say this summer we're going to summer in New England, <laughs> but but you know community is what it's all about, and and it, it's just for those of you that are just getting started, for those of you that haven't got started yet, but you're thinking about it and you're doing weekend trips or doing whatever. I, I have to tell you that that building a community that you can be a part of, that you can take part on, like like switch it up. Uh, you know we. We interviewed Switch It Up a few weeks back and they just threw together a potluck dinner. There was a hundred people there. It it was really, really, really fun. And it really was a a great evening for everybody, but it's because it's part of a community. Yeah. Oh, that sound means it's the RV Life Pro Tip. That's right. That's what that sound means. And it's coming up with Patrick Buchanan. There's a setting in RV Life Trip Wizard that can make a big difference in usability on slower connections or on a touch screen. When using Trip Wizard, click on your name or the profile icon in the upper right hand corner, then choose default settings. Under general user settings, you can choose your stop details display preference. Your two choices are hover or click. Choosing the click setting makes it easier for touchscreens and tablets, but it also prevents stop pop-ups from opening and closing when you're simply moving your mouse across the map, providing a more predictable experience when planning your trip. For RV Life, I'm Pat Buchanan with your pro tip of the week. Well, you know what? I always listen to the pro tips because every week there's something new and often something I didn't even know about. And that's one I didn't know about. Yeah. You, you know, that is what's so great about a piece of software like this, because 
To get started, it's very easy to do all the basic things. But then once you master those basics, my God, this thing is deep. There is so many things you can do. You even had me do that today when I was stopping at a Costco. You're like, look at the satellite view. You can see how to get in and out. And that's exactly what I did. And I got in and out of that Costco uh, right outside of Savannah with no problem at all. Now, now, Patty, you know, know, we're talking a lot about building a community. Um, Can you go over some of the things that we've talked about about how we can start a community um, here with the RV Life podcast? Well, a lot of building a community is really about, like I said, sharing and helping each other. So part of the first step, I think, is to be on social media somehow, whether it's in groups or messaging people. Our social media is RV Life podcast, and that's on Instagram and Facebook. And we love to get people's questions. So when we're out at a campground, we'll take our recorder thingy, whatever that thing's called, and we'll record somebody live if they have a question. But we also get a lot of questions, private message on social media or something that somebody will comment on a post. So we urge you to share a question that you might have, a thought, your opinion. We'd love to hear from you. We, we really would. And, and you know, that was our kind of like phase one is to start and bring the audience into the show and let them, you know, reach out and and ask a question. And if we don't know the answers uh, from Patty and I, we will bring on a guest that does know the answer. So we've had a lot of great questions of the week. So I, I, I really look forward to that. Now, I also want to point out that, well, we do have the RV Life podcast, both Instagram uh, and Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel and it's called Exploring Through Our Lens. Uh, and we have the same thing there. We have a Facebook group. We have uh, the Instagram uh, and we have the YouTube channel there. Now, there's also this new community tab on YouTube. Um so I, I, I think it's really cool. Like, for instance, uh, and, and, and this kind of goes to being part of the community. A, a gentleman was talking to us the other day and left a comment that we did a video in uh, Lake Mead recreation area about the Lake Mead Lodge that's no longer there. It's just a, a few things. And he said, oh, I. I went there when I was younger and I swam in that pool. It's a shame to see it go. So I reached out to him and I said, well, yeah, do you have any pictures of that time? Because we'd love to see them and put them on the community page because other people have said the same types of things. Yes. And it's really cool to hear, you know, from other people to get the questions. Like I said, in the beginning of the show, I do go on to other people's social media groups. And I am part of that community by sharing my thoughts, um, something that might be of help or support to somebody else. You know, even if you're just starting out and you just started researching something, there may be something you've learned that you could share with somebody else. And and that's really important. That sound is the question of the week I jumped in I got excited um every week we do a question of the week as we said and this is from social media and Harold from Salt Lake City Utah sent me a private message and he said are storage units worth the money um which is a great question for today's podcast it really is. Now, I do have to say that question just didn't happen to come up just this week while we're doing this show. We're we're getting a whole bunch of questions and we're kind of finding a question that fits the theme of the show. Now, Patty, you, you talked a lot about your feelings on storage units um, and and that your feelings are exactly what my feelings were. And I, I know that nobody can go in the Wayback Machine and kind of like do it over knowing what you know now. But if I could, if I could give any of you out there a really, really good piece of advice that's going to save you a heck of a lot of money. 
because storage units start at like a hundred bucks a month and go up from there. Um, and we had ours for what, uh, 18 months, Patty? Something like that. Yeah. So 18, too long. yeah, too, too long. So that's like $1,800. But anyway, my piece of advice to you would be when you're thinking about a storage unit, take everything that you're going to put in that storage unit, everything. And, and tape off a place in the garage and put it in the garage like it's in the storage unit before you get going. And then go back a day later and look at that stuff and ask yourself, do I really want to pay a dollar, two dollars a month to keep this? Because that's what it's going to cost you. So I, I, I think you really need to go through that exercise. And if you do, I, I honestly believe uh, that a storage unit isn't necessarily the the best option. Saying goodbye is is a a much better option. I, and I, I still am going with my thought of I don't know if I could have done it again. I would I would have done it for a short amount short or amount of time. I've also seen people that obsess over everything they're going to give up, and that becomes traumatic. Maybe and it's a harsh word, but. Um, so there's no right or wrong answer. I'd love your idea of kind of taking that stuff, putting it in the garage. Do I really need it? Am I going to use it? Can I replace it for less than what it would cost to get a storage unit? I like that idea. Um, for some of us like me, I need to feel like, well, I don't have to go through every single thing right away so that, you know, the storage unit kind of helped me but maybe for a shorter amount of time. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Definitely a shorter <laughs> amount of time. Less money. You, you know, and I, I, I can't stop thinking about building a community and what we're talking about with building a community. So Patty, we, we have a, a couple of ideas that we started, you know, spitballing around between the, the two of us of things that we're going to do. So if you see us and, and you know, you, if you see our rig, it says exploring through our lens right on the windshield, real big. You, you kind of can't miss us. Uh, we will be in uh, the Northeast most of the summer. Uh, I'm currently in South Carolina and I'll be spending the next month working my way up. So one of the things that we we talked about is just come up and talk to us. Say hello. Um, you know, we don't sell yeah. stickers and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I, I've got stickers. I I love giving away our, our stickers. Away. Yeah, yeah. For, for the podcast and for the um for, for the YouTube channel. But what, what else have you talked about uh, with building a community, Patty? And, and again, I think it is creating get togethers, you know, like switch it up. Did I missed it. I felt really bad that I missed it. They just did a potluck. Um, I want to be able to go into campgrounds. So many of the campgrounds that we've been at have these big areas with fire pits that people could come gather they have indoor spaces that you could gather and, you know, do activities, get together, let's sit around and, you know, chat and ask questions and share information with each other. Um, I, I think I just think that's a lot of what this is all about. I know, you know, with there's uh, people with kids, it's a group called full time families. That's great. Um, we don't have kids that we travel with, but I think there's so much. I, I We go into campgrounds and people really want the opportunity to gather together. And uh, I'm really looking forward to creating some of those types of events. Yeah. You, you know, we, we really, really like, you know, kind of spearheading, putting those kind of events together. And we're going to do campfire type stuff. We're going to, you know, roast marshmallows on the campfire. And RV Life has generously said that, that they'll help with some of the expenses of doing that type of stuff. Um, also, one of the things that if you're going to be at the Hershey RV show, uh, the RV Life podcast and RV Life are are going to put a customer appreciation event together. And, you know, last year we had a blast at this event. This year we're going to make it even better. Uh, we got a lot of great prizes lined up. I mean, we're just starting to get stuff lined up, uh, but but I know there's at least an e-bike in the the pool of that stuff. So I I, I, yeah. I think that doing those kind of things. So look out for all that information. Uh, that that event is until September, I think. So we'll start putting that stuff out in May or June, 
of how you right. can get there. But if you are going to the Hershey RV event, you might want to send us a, a note and get on a list with uh, Patty and I, because we, we've got some big stuff coming out um, and we'll, we'll, we'll even buy you dinner. So that, that's going to be fun. Right. And, and and that's coming up at the yeah. Hershey RV event in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, so, so anyway, any, any last thoughts, Patty, on building a community? Um. No, definitely reach out to me. Send me a private message. I am. I answer all of the messages. There are times lately I'm a little slow because I am still working with my mom, but I do answer all the messages. Uh, definitely reach out. I'd love to connect. And yeah, if you're interested, if you're going to be in Hershey, reach out. There's a very limited number of tickets. It is free. It is dinner. There is giveaways. Um, and all the information coming, all the details will be coming soon. Yes, that, that, that is absolutely wonderful. Well, you know what? That's just going to be about it for us today. So I am in South, I'm at the Oaks. It's a thousand trails property. It's just beautiful. Um, you know, my, my last comment on building a community and I might get in trouble for saying this, uh, but but and it doesn't matter whose community you, you want to join or get a part of. And a lot of the YouTube channels have communities uh, like Switch It Up, who we interviewed on this podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, but just do it. You, you know, I know Nike's that, that that's their thing. But but if you see a, a note about a get together or a potluck or whatever, Believe me, it's worth your time. As long as you don't have anything else going on, it is worth your time. So I say, just do it. And with that, I'm going to say I'm Dan Hunt for the RV Live podcast with my incredible wife, Patty Hunt, who's up in Virginia. We'll get together pretty soon saying have a great rest of today. And an even better day tomorrow.